Has Nylander priced himself out of Toronto? And on today's show, Dave and I give you our five draft targets for the Maple Leafs at 28 if they keep the pick. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, my co-host Dave Morsuti. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Man, it's uh, it's it's been a busy few days in the hockey world. You had a bunch of trades over the weekend. The NHL awards were last night as well. And all the while, all the teams trying to figure out exactly what to do with their pending UFAs, players who do for extensions, the current crop of UFAs, trades. There's so much going on in the NHL. So we'll kind of touch on a lot of different things. There was an update on William Nylander somewhat an update by Elliot Friedman. We'll relay that information to you. And uh, we've got our five Leafs draft targets that we both kind of went through, did some scouting, and we've got five guys. If the Leafs stick and pick at 28, five dudes who we think would be worthy of that selection. But before we get any further, Dave, we had the NHL awards last night. Um, No Maple Leafs took home any hardware. Mitch Marner came third in the, uh, Selkie voting, which we already knew as he was technically already a finalist. Um, but it was pretty much the Connor McDavid show. Took home the Art Ross, the Hart, the Ted Lindsay, the Rocket. But did you see that somebody gave him a fifth place vote in the MVP? I, unbelievable. I, I wonder if that was whoever put David Pasternak as one, put him as five. I would imagine, but for what reason, I do not know. There was no chance that anyone else was going to take, give Pasternak enough votes to allow him to win. Like, this wasn't a Jerome Aginla, Jose Theodore situation. This is just one guy just kind of being a hero out in Boston, most likely. I I would I would assume so. I, I, I think this happened before, too. This isn't just like a rare occurrence. Like it just seems like someone has it out for Connor McDavid that they just like, nah, we don't, we can't make this guy the unanimous, you know, league MVP. Well, unlike, unlike the balloting for the Hockey Hall of Fame, the ballots are publicized for these awards. So we will find out. Well, those, those, those names will come out. We will find out who voted for what. And uh, I, I guarantee you, that person's Twitter is not going to have a, a fun time once they're outed as the person who put Connor McDavid fifth on their all-star ballot. Um, but just to recap the rest of the awards, let me stop me if one kind of surprised you or if you want to kind of chat about anything here. But Patrice Bergeron took home another Selkie that guy. They're just going to name it the Bergeron once yeah, he retires. Andre Kopitar. Yeah, it's just going to happen. 
Ajay Kopitar, Kopitar gets the Lady Bing. Matty Berniers taking home the Calder Trophy. Linus Allmark of the Bruins taking home the Vesna. They get the Jennings Trophy as well with him and Jeremy Swayman. Uh, Eric Carlson ends up getting the Norris. I think that probably was the only one that I would say there was some debate over, like in, in my mind. The rest, there was no really shock or surprise. I was curious to see how the voters would vote for uh, the, the Norris just because, yeah, you know, we, the, the, the massive rebound season from uh, Eric Carlson was awesome. Uh, but s- defensively is, is still a bit of a work in progress. And, you know, there are some people that look at his defensive metrics and look at his plus minus and think to themselves, how can we possibly vote for him as the best defenseman of the year? If he can't play, you know, supreme hockey in his own end. This is why I do think that there should be a separate award for offensive, best offensive defenseman and then best defensive defenseman. 100%. Right? Like you could have like, honestly, you can call it like the Bobby Orr award or something like that. Like, although Bobby Orr was pretty good defensively too. But like, like in that sort of vein, because you're, you're pretty much eliminating guys because they don't maybe put up the points or they didn't put up the points that Eric Carlson did. Like what Eric Carlson did was, was amazing. Like it's 101 points this year, 101 points. Yeah. San Jose, like San Jose stinks. I know it's just, but then it's just like, but the guy isn't a great defender. So like, there's always going to be that, that debate about whether he should be the Norris. And that's why I think you should really, you should really, you know, prioritize a guy's defensive ability in a way with that Norris trophy. And then you find a way to honor Eric Carlson with a different sort of trophy because the offensive part of the game should be recognized. But then it shouldn't also, we shouldn't also ignore the fact that defensively, he's not the best defenseman. I just, it's, it's astounding to me that he literally had 101 points this year and was a dash 26. Like it's how that happens. I do not know, but um, I I think it's kind of cool. You know, the, the resurging season that, you know, Eric Carlson had to get rewarded for it. I I, I thought it was a possibility for sure. I just wasn't exactly sure if the voters who sometimes are, you know, analytical darlings, I wouldn't consider, you know, Carlson just based off of his defensive numbers, not particularly an analytical darling, although he would be in terms of like shot attempts and whatnot, but not great in terms of expected goals against. Uh, but nonetheless, he does get the Norris Trophy. Um, Backlund gets the King Clancy. Jim Montgomery cleans up the uh, the Jack Adams Award. I think we pretty much got, uh, oh, Chris Letang with the Bill Masterton. And then any other award that we didn't mention? Yeah, that guy Connor McDavid won it. Ended up with uh, you know four major awards on the night as well. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, the here for, I think this year, like, I don't know, did the awards kind of snuck up on me to be quite honest with you. It's like, there wasn't much debate on a lot of them. Cause we knew Connor was going to clean up. We knew that we're, that the Boston Bruins were going to win a whole bunch of awards based off of their regular season that they had. Keep in mind, these are all regular season awards too. Um, there was just not a whole lot of debate with a lot of these awards. So it, it really kind of took away the luster I felt of, of the event. There wasn't much 
you know, um, fanfare about it didn't seem. Yeah, I mean, the NHL awards have been kind of, they've been lacking a little bit of luster, you know, for, for a while, just because I do like that they do, though, better than, you know, announcing them throughout the, like, like when they were doing it through the playoffs and they were announcing the awards like that. Having the awards is, at least gives it some sort of importance, I would say. But, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I do think with the criteria for some of the awards, you know, like the Norris, you could you could you could maybe improve on how on, you know, making a little bit more of a intrigue to it, I would say, because I think, yeah, the Norris was probably the only one that could be debated. But, yeah, I think maybe that's the issue is that a lot of these awards are pretty much predetermined. You already kind of know where it's going. Like Berger, we knew the highly likelihood Bergeron was going to win that Selkie. Yes. Right. And I guess that's what takes away from the awards itself is that there's not really a lot of guessing. Like you can pretty much throw a good wager on a lot of these ones and most yeah. likely come away, you know, they're, with they're all, they're all super predictable, right? Mm-hmm. All super predictable. Um, everything was pretty chalky. I would say like nothing surprised me. Not, not one award surprised me this season. Um, but I mean, Hey, congrats to all the award winners. And uh, now we're, we're off to, to to draft season. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, let's talk about that William Nylander report that uh, Elliot Friedman had a little bit of a, an extension update per se. So we'll chat about that in just a moment. We'll also get to our drafty, uh, our draft picks as well for tomorrow's draft. Jeez, I can't believe it's already draft day tomorrow. Uh, before we get any further, though, let me tell you guys about Game Time. It's one of our show sponsors. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is via, is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Get tickets, get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and your set tickets sent directly to your phone and you'll never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. That's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, if you are a daily listener to the Locked On Lease podcast, we appreciate you. You know who you are. And if you're brand new to the show, hopefully you will enjoy the content. We got new content coming out Monday through Friday each and every day. Uh, so if you do want to stay in tune with what's going on with the Maple Leafs throughout the offseason, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Lease wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube. All right, um, let's get to this this uh, Elliot Friedman report on Leafs Morning Take. Friend of the show, Nick Alberga, had him on his show, and they were talking about uh, a number of things. But, you know, Nylander popped up, and, you know, what's Brad Trilliving up to? And, well, it doesn't seem like they're very close to uh, coming to terms on an extension. Does that worry you a little, Dave? Uh, not too too much i mean like 
we, we knew the situation that the Leafs were going to be in with these contracts. So like nothing's like really surprising in that regard. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be worrisome when we get towards July one and it's still like crickets again. And we don't really have a good gauge of where the contract extensions are, but I, I'm not yeah, too... it's like four days away. Yeah. I mean, but like it, the thing is, is like, I, I'm sure like these contracts are, it, it, it's not going to be too tough to get these ones done in my opinion, just because like you're, you've, they probably have been thinking about these ones for a long time. Like Brandon Pernum has been, you know, working on this for God knows how long. Like I think, well, yeah. How much of a say does the new guy have in this? I mean, he's got final say. Yeah. He'll have final say, but I mean, they'll, they'll also, he'll also be relying on the guys that were there to give him the information he needs to know. Right. That's, that's what he's working with in my opinion. Right. Like the tough part is he does, he, you know, he made it a point in saying he wanted to get to know the guys want to get to know the players because he's got to have that comfort to know that, okay, you know, based on what I've talked done in terms of my talking with them and just getting to know them. And he gained the information from the, from the management team. I feel comfortable handing out this contract to them. So I think that's, you know, he needs to get that part sorted out first before he can even think about doing a contract offer. So I, I yeah, like true living does have to, and we're going to hear from Brad true living, uh, you know, in Nashville. So he is going to be in Nashville, but not at the draft floor. So that's going to yeah, be, we got to find out if that's changed at all. Cause I remember when he first, was introduced to Toronto they were like yeah well you know we'll we'll figure that out and it was kind of like they assumed Calgary would budge on that I'm curious where the update is there because yeah I, I don't I don't remember because yeah last we heard he's not allowed to be on the draft floor or at the draft table with the Maple Leafs because he was already took part in Calgary's that was one of the stipulations for why Calgary allowed him to interview with the Maple Leafs and, and take the job ahead of July 1 was he can't be, you know, the focal part of the, the draft process. And it's going to be Wes Clark who's going to be running the show and running things. But he will be able to work the phones. He will be able to make some trades. And uh, who knows, maybe we, we will get something. And I think that's that's kind of where I look at William Nylander. I, I'm definitely more worried than you are. You sound like you're a little just you. You could care less if, if this guy has a contract signed. In my, in my estimation, if they don't have an inkling that they can come to an agreement soon, I think that Brad Chilliving will have a pretty good reason to trade this guy. I mean, that that's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I don't know. It sounds as though the Leafs want to have get him back starting with an eight, something that starts with an eight, and he's thinking, nah, B., I want something that starts with a nine. So they're pretty far apart, according to Elliot Friedman. And if they can't really get close to a contract uh, extension, a, a number that they both agree on, I think the they have to trade him. They have to. Because yeah. we saw what happened last time. This guy's, you know, he's willing to take things pretty far. If he has to play out the final season, then we'll walk to free agency. He's probably more than willing to do that too. So the Leafs can't really afford that. And the closer you get to um, training camp, the less cap space around the league other teams have. Like you, you go, you 
if you're going to trade William Nylander, you're going to want to do it around the draft or early on in free agency um, after that uh, extension time can kick in and he can talk to other teams. But I, I don't know. It sounds like they're not too close and that could be, that could mean that Nylander's priced himself out of Toronto. I am a little concerned about this. The reason why I'm not concerned either too is I don't think the Leafs are going to want to drag this out, right? And they're going to make a decision one way or the other of what they're going to do. Like if they if they feel like Nylander is really going to play hardball with them, they're going to be honest with them and say, "Look, this is what we can afford to offer you. If it's something that you're not comfortable or able to sign, we're going to have to look at our other options." I think I think if you're the Leafs, that's something you, you they should be doing. They can't be spending all summer worrying about a William Nylander extension because we're seeing now that teams are more likely to make trades, you know, this off season because the free agent market ain't very good. There aren't many great players. There's, there's no decent options, but there's not that, you know, massive free agent that everyone's going to be running to go and sign. Right. So, a player like William Nylander will be desirable for a lot of teams that just can't go out and sign someone in free agency. They can say, all right, we'll trade for Nylander, take our best crack at signing him because he's a better option than going after a Michael Bunting, right? Like, right. Absolutely. So that's, that's where I'm not too concerned because I feel like the trade market is where a lot of teams are going to be looking to make a lot of their upgrades this offseason. Would you prefer Nylander as a Leaf next year, though, or would you prefer he's not a Leaf? Well, it depends on the number, right? If that number goes over nine, I don't want Nylander for that. You you have to, at some point, say it's nice to try to keep the band together, but the band also, it can't be a four-man band anymore, right? We've so just... what, what number are you, are you comfortable at? Like, it's got to be under nine? Yeah. It has to be under nine. It, in my opinion, it's got to be like eight point five to eight point seven five. That's kind of my high. Like that's that's my ceiling for him. And I mean, that sounds about right for what the Maple Leafs would want. But you know, he could get more money elsewhere. So I, I wouldn't doubt if he's in his mind thinking, I could hit the open market and make anywhere between nine to ten million if I go elsewhere. Why should I sign here? And if he signs a long term deal. I mean, that could be upwards of like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten million uh, total dollars that he could be leaving on the table by taking uh, that type of discount. If there's anything that we know about these Maple Leafs, they don't take discounts. These uh, these these core four players, they've yet to take a discount, at least. Maybe this is time for them to change that narrative uh, with, you know, Willie coming up. You've got Matthews coming up. And then two years from now, you've got Marner and Tavares. We'll see what they end up doing as well. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of starting to lean that Nylander won't be with this team. I know we talked a lot about the core four remaining, but if they can't get something done, like it's it's mandatory that they get assets in return from Nylander. They cannot show up to training camp without him signed to an extension or uh, him traded. Like that's if I had to, you know, give you one thing that's non-negotiable about William Nylander can't show up to training camp without a contract, which means he's either been traded or he signed an extension. Uh, but I don't think he could show up and play out the year. That's 
that's just absolutely playing with fire if you're Brad Trilliving. Uh, and he did that before and he got burned. So I would imagine he doesn't want to go down that route as well. And just a reminder, he you know does have a 10-team no-trade clause that kicks in on July 1st, William Nylander. But he can be traded at the draft and he can be traded throughout the week um, in the next couple of days here to anybody. And we just saw Taylor Hall get dealt to the Chicago uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Like, I'm not saying Nylander's going to go to the Blackhawks. I mean, he could. I mean, I suppose yeah. that if they wanted him, um, they could. But uh, just saying that if the Leafs wanted to move on from Nylander and get some assets, now's the time, I suppose, while they have a little bit more flexibility because come July 1, that, that no trade kicks in, and now he's got just a little bit more of uh, of a say in where he goes and who you can uh, talk to. So I don't know. I, I think that there's certainly a little bit of, a little bit of fire there with uh, Nylander and his contract with the Maple Leafs. Speaking of the draft and trades and whatever and all that stuff that's happening right now, why don't we take a quick break? Let's come back. Let's give our draft kind of our Leafs draft preview in a way. You know, the Leafs pick at. Number 28 overall, it's the pick that they got in return for Rasmus Sandin earlier this season. It's Boston's pick from the Washington Capitals. So we'll talk about whether or not they should stick and pick, should they trade. And if they do stick, we got a list of names, some guys that we like. So we'll talk about that on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morsudi. Listen to Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team. Every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave Morissuti. Just, uh, you know, a little over 24 hours away from the kickoff of the NHL draft in Nashville. Everyone's in Nash Vegas. It looks like a grand old time. I'm just seeing, you know, a bunch of our colleagues uh, in the hockey sphere, seeing them all on Twitter and on Instagram. Everyone's uh, everyone's at Tootsie's last night and, you know, having themselves a time after the award show. Uh, and I'm sure there's, you know, some, some Maple Leafs that have found themselves doing some things as well. I think I saw Marner was there. Uh, he was at the right carpet, obviously, with a chance to win it. So he went from straight from Shania Twain to vegas and i guarantee you he's got a couple of bars or concerts lined up while he's there for the week why not um for the nhl draft though so the leafs they have three draft selections in the draft this season they got the 28th pick overall they've got pick 153 in the fifth round and then they've got pick 185 which is a sixth round pick so just three draft selections uh, this season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the one that we all are wondering on is the first round pick, number 28 overall. A couple of names who've been drafted at 28 overall in the past few years. Corey Perry is one. Nick Felino is drafted 28th. Brady Shea, Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7. Mike Richter, once upon a time, was a 28th overall selection in a draft. So you could still get some quality talent, you know, down in the bottom of the 20s in the draft. So there's certainly uh, an opportunity to get someone if they decide to stick and pick. But there's also two other options. They could trade down, acquire more picks, or they could use that pick and trade for our roster player for some win-now help. If you had to power rank the three, Dave, where you could stick and pick, trade down, or trade for a roster player, 
How would you power rank those three from your perspective and what you would do if you were Brad Tree Living? Uh, trade for a roster player would be probably my top option. I just think yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to get somebody, even someone with a little bit of control, that's, that would be it, you know, for a team like the Leafs, they, they need to get better now. Uh, keeping the pick, I think would be a little better than potentially trading down, but it depends on, you know, preference of who they want to pick if the person they want to pick gets already selected might as well move down and collect assets if somebody wants to trade back in. But the better option to trade down would be if you're trying to pull off that Matt Murray deal that some people still think the least might want to try to do. Um, but I, I think that's probably the least, like, I, I don't know, that option doesn't appear to be talked about right now. So I don't know if that's even going to be a possibility right now. Yeah, and, and the framework for that deal is, quite literally last year with Peter Morazic, where they traded down nine draft slots from, you know, late in the first round to early in the second round, nine draft selections is all it cost them to rid themselves of the Matt Murray contract. And, you know, there's a thought process that maybe there's a team out there who might want to reach the, reach the cap floor or move into the first round. And by doing so willing to take on that cap hit mad salary, potentially, um, and maybe move back to the second or third round, maybe. So if that is a possibility, perhaps the Maple Leafs do go that route. We'll see. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think I'm in the exact same order as you. I think first and foremost, if you get a roster player that can help your team now, um, maybe a you know a defenseman. We've talked a lot about Noah Hannafin as a potential player that uh, the Leafs are are interested in. Maybe you even go Elias Lindholm. Toffoli apparently has had his name brought up in, in some trade talks with the Maple Leafs. So, you know, there's a bunch of names out there, obviously, and a bunch of guys who could make this Toronto team, uh, you know, better. And I think that would probably be my preference is to trade it for some win now, win now help. Um, second would be for me, I, I think I'd rather this to stick and pick, to be honest with you, actually. I think I'd rather them stick and pick because there's some some pretty good talent in this draft. We'll talk about some players that we like in just a moment. I think that would be the second option for me, just because trade down and acquire more picks. Yeah, I suppose you could do that. Um, but honestly, I, I just I don't want the trade down to be the Matt Murray situation if they have to trade very far down. If it's similar to last year, we're only moving down nine selections. Okay, sure, sign me up for that. I don't get the sense that's going to be the case with Matt Murray. You're probably going to have to move back a little bit further than that. Maybe you have to move into the third round. And is that worth it? Basically giving up your first round pick um, for a third round pick. Maybe not. I think I'd rather take on that cap hit a couple of years from now and still have a first-round talent in my prospect pool who might be ready to go by that point. So I think it's going to depend exactly on the Matt Murray situation and what the trade-down is. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably roster player, stick and pick, then trade down, considering what it is. Um, all right, let's get to some players that we like in the range of possibilities for the Maple Leafs at number 28. We both have a list of guys. Uh, give me a couple of players that you like that you've gone ahead and, and done some uh, done some reading and, and viewing of. 
Yeah, so we, we did a lo- um, a mock draft for the Lockdown Podcast Network. I should mention that. You can go and take a look at, you know, all the selections from all the different hosts. We, play, pretty, we all pretty much played GM. I picked Oscar Fisker Mulgard um, with with the pick that I, that I had for the Leafs. Now, some might say that's a little bit of a reach, but what I liked about Fisker Mulgard is he's probably closer to being pro-ready than some of the other uh, players in this draft because he's already playing professional hockey in Sweden. He's got a lot of great attributes. You know, he can play center, got a good drive. Uh, you know, he, maybe he, he, I don't know if he screams top six center type of player, but, you know, at least at worst, he'd be a third line center for this Leafs team. So that was one player that I, I, I looked at, uh, you know, and then when I dug in a little bit more, you know, another name that, really started to speak to me was um is, is quinn uh quinn musty yeah. from Sudbury wolves you know big frame you know had a really really decent season production wise for Sudbury and i think there's just a lot of raw raw ability that you that you see and i you know just listening to just watching some of the the tape from him and listening to what other players had to say I, I don't know if uh, if this th- this would be more of a long term project, but I think he's a type of player the Leafs could really use come playoff time. Like that's sort of the, oh, the for sure would be would be have been missing for sure. For sure, Le- left winger, but he's only seventeen. He won't be eighteen until July sixth. So after he'll be drafted as a seventeen year old. He's six foot two, two hundred pounds at seventeen, a winger. Um, you know, was the, the top pick in the 2021 OHL draft. Like you said, had a pretty productive season with Sudbury, 26 goals, 52 points or 52 assists for 78 points in 53 games as a 17 year old. He ranked as high as 11 as the 11th best prospect by Dauber prospect and was ranked uh, as, as low as 36th on uh, one of the other prospect boards that I saw. But I, I like Quentin Musty too. I had him as one of my top players um, that that I think would be a guy you take. Like if Quentin Musty's on the board, I mean, you, I think they should be racing to turn the card in to take this kid. He kind of fits the bill of, of what they need and kind of what they're looking for. So I'm with you on, on uh, Quentin Musty. Who's another uh, name or two that you have an eye on? Yeah, so another name that I had, he's uh, another another center. So you're seeing I'm going with a little bit of a theme here. Not necessarily going for just, you know, position, but just a, a decent player in Riley Height. He plays over in the WHL for Prince George. Uh, dynamic player. He, again, he plays in down the middle. Um, you know, I think uh, he, he's a player that has really high IQ. Um you know, I, I was listening. I was wa- I was actually reading an article in the Athletic that the head coach Mark Lamb said he's a guy that wants him to shoot more. Has you know, but he's an elite playmaker, and you know, he's a he's a guy that's uh, definitely committed to playing in all three zones. He's you know played a lot on the penalty kill. I think those are attributes that a lot of teams like to covet from those guys if they've already got the uh, you know that they want in those regards. And also he's a very physical player for his size. He might not be seen as a physical player, but if you watch him play, he's that he definitely brings that physicality and that edge. 
And then just a final one here for me, uh, if you want to look at a defenseman, there, there, there are quite a few defensemen that the Leafs could look at. Um, one that everyone's kind of had their eye on is Oliver Bonk from the London Knights. You know, more of a defensive defense, so maybe, you know, not, not viewed with a higher ceiling just because he doesn't have that offensive pedigree, but he's a solid defenseman with a lot of those, like, pro traits because he does play a lot of minutes for the London Knights. And, you know, he's also got some size to him. And we know the Leafs are probably going to be prioritizing. And if they're going to get a defenseman, they're probably going to get a defenseman with some size because you look at the prospects they have now, that's that's one thing they don't have is a lot of guys with a lot of, you know, a lot of size to them. So he's another guy potentially. Now, I'm not getting him just because he's a big defenseman. I just think that, you know, if you're going to go out and get a defenseman, someone like Oliver Bonk could potentially be closer to being pro ready in a lot of ways. I think there's a good chance that when the Leafs, if they get on the clock at 28, he is the best defenseman available. I think there is a likely chance that is mm-hmm. the case. So if they're leading defenseman, Oliver Bonk might be the top guy on their board. And just you know, tell uh, the listeners a little more about him. He's a right shot defenseman, uh, six foot, one hundred and eighty pounds. So he could add some weight with a decent frame. Had forty points this year in sixty-seven games for the London Knights. Had eleven points through twenty-one playoff games. He's the son of Radic Bonk, also. So a little bit of a lineage there. Um, he's described as as a guy who's not too flashy, but could become a steady two-way guy. Not a high ceiling, but you know, could become a, one of those high floor players as like a team's number four. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, you know, is some intriguing um, traits there for sure for Oliver, uh, Oliver Bonk, who's ranked as the 30th best player in the draft on the consolidated board, ranked as high as 20th best player on Sportsnet's big board. So, you know, there's a, a some varying, you know, d- discrepancies about what people think of Oliver Bonk. But I think certainly he uh, he could be someone who the Maple Leafs could be interested in. I really want to quickly too. You mentioned Riley Hate uh, Height because he was somebody who I also um, put down as one of my players. And I found a, a scouting report from Elite Prospects from their draft guide. I just want to read it quickly, just so that people can get a bit more of an idea of what this guy's all about. Nasty physically, despite his five foot eleven frame, height has the handling, shooting, and vision to inflict major damage on opponents. He takes the extra stride to play the body, never passes up an opportunity to sneak in a shot behind the play, and is an enthusiastic combatant in scrums. On retrievals, height establishes uh, his positioning early, drives through opponents' hands, and separates them from the puck. And the use of contact to create space in the small area game allows him to spin off of defensive pressures and attack the inside. And he was somebody who, to your point, 97 points in 68 games for the Prince George Cougars in the WHL this year. Uh, but yeah, a little undersized, but definitely a, a scrappy player. So Riley Height certainly a, a very intriguing name for me. I'll give you a couple more that you didn't mention that I had on my list here. Um, Callum Ritchie, if he ends up falling to them, uh, you know, he's a big centerman from the Oshawa Generals. A six foot two, 185 pounds, 200 foot player, killed a lot of penalties for uh, for the Gens, and he's a strong faceoff guy. Um, ranks 21st on the consolidated big board rankings, ranked as high as 13th uh, best player in the draft by Daily Faceoff and Craig Button. Um, so he would be somebody who's got some high hockey uh, IQ, hockey sense, and you know, two way guy. 
I think Callum Ritchie would be uh, a good pickup for the Maple Leafs if he's there at number 28. A couple other guys. Uh, Gavin Brindley is a very intriguing name. Did you read up on Gavin Brindley by, by any chance? Because this is someone who I think is going to be an extremely polarizing player in this draft. Um, he had 38 points. He's a centerman for the Michigan Wolverines, by the way. Um, so he was right in behind Adam Fantilli. Um, and he had 38 points in 41 games. Uh, a very high motor player. Apparently he was ranked by elite prospect as the second best motor in the draft. I didn't even know that was a, a ranking that they did, but apparently they do second best motor. He's a really strong skater. He excels defensively. He's a tenacious four checker. Um, and Adam Fantilli called him the most underrated prospect in the draft. In his draft year, he was able to play for the world junior championships with team USA had four points in seven games there. Um, here's the problem with Gavin Brindley, uh, Gavin Brindley. He's five foot eight, 165 pounds is what he was listed as Yeah, very much undersized. If this guy was six foot two, 200 pounds, he probably, we'd be talking about a top five to 10 draft pick in, uh, in the NHL this year. He's got the skills, a lot of skills, very skilled player. And despite being five, eight, 165, you know, a guy who's got a good motor and 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 plays well defensively is actually kind of uh, a blessing for him that he has to play that way because that would be the knock on someone that small is, you know, is he willing to do, you know, play defensively? And the question is, you know, right now he's doing it against, you know, people in the NCAA. Is he going to do it against grown-ass men in the NHL? That's the question that a lot of people have, which is why I think Gavin Bridley – will end up dropping a little bit. Maybe he gets the Leafs at 28. Maybe they decide to go there. I'm not sure if they do. The size might not jive with uh, what Brad Trilliving would want to do, but he is a player that ha- is is immensely skilled and you know plays a two-way game. So I'll be curious to see where Gavin Brindley ends up, but he was one player that I thought was, uh, was kind of interesting. And Ethan Goche is kind of the last one that I wrote down as a potential option at pick number 28 from uh, a right winger from Sherbrooke. 511 buck 75. He was the number one pick in the 2021 QMJHL draft. He's the son of uh, former NHLer Dennis Goche also is uh, the cousin of Julian Goche as well. Uh, had 30 goals, 69 points in 66 games in the queue, 11 points in 11 playoff games. He had six goals at the Holinka Gretzky tournament through five games this past year and ranks as high as 17th on Craig Button's big board. He's 29th in the, in the consolidated rankings. And, uh, you know, for, for a guy that's 5'11", buck 75, he can play off the puck as well, really good playmaker, and uh, not afraid to go to the net. Uh, either and, and kind of attack those areas. So uh, he would be another player that I think would be uh, a, a interesting, um, you know, an interesting guy to add to the group here if he were to be there at number 28. So, you know, there's about uh, what we named about six, seven, eight guys or so that potentially could be in the mix there at pick number 28. If the Leafs decide to stick and pick, maybe there's a, a cluster of multiple guys here that they like and they can maybe move back and pick up uh, another mid-round pick and maybe move back in the draft into somewhere into the 30s maybe it's not even the matt matt murray deal just moving about move on back collect more picks and uh you know maybe just get more more darts to throw at the board when it comes to prospects here especially they, they say that 
from prospect or from picks about 20 to 50. There's not much difference. So if you can, you know, trade back and collect more assets, uh, that sometimes that's the better thing to do late in the draft. So we'll see what the Maple Leafs end up doing. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how it goes tomorrow. We'll see if any of the players that we mentioned uh, end up uh, getting picked and are, are become the newest Maple Leaf. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they do hold on to the pick. That's going to be the first, obviously, the first thing to watch out for. And, you know, if they do, I, I'm curious to see how much of uh, outside input Brad Trilliving would have had in these, you know, draft meetings, or if it's just, you know, the guys who are there prepping all off season, those are the guys that, are, I mean, obviously they're the ones who are going to be handling the draft without you living there, but you know, how much does that, does that philosophy potentially change with the new general manager at the helm? Yep. And I think we'll find out based on, you know, if, if, if Gavin Brindley was on the board when Kyle Dubas picked, he probably wouldn't have went Gavin Brindley, but uh, is Brad Trilliving willing to roll the dice yeah. on a smaller players like that? I don't know. I don't know. He, I'll bet you any money he ends up getting picked by the Montreal Canadiens. By the way, that's my that's my guess. I think he ends up in Montreal. They like you know they don't mind small guy. There's only two players in the NHL right now that are five eight uh, in the NHL, and one of them happens to play for the Montreal Canadiens. His name is Cole Caulfield. So. Would they want two little itty bitty guys on the roster? I don't know, but they're not afraid to draft those guys. That's for sure. And they've got multiple first round picks. So wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they gobble him up towards the end of the first round, if he, if he drops that far. All right, man, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. We'll come back tomorrow and uh, do a little bit more of a deep dive into the rest of the draft. And, you know, there's still lots of rumors circulating on what could happen all throughout the day. There's always big-time trades made the morning and afternoon of the draft. So we'll continue to speculate and see what we can uh, see what we can find for you guys uh, in terms of some of the stuff that's happening around the NHL and with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that'll do it for us here today on the pod. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. It'll be draft day, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.